Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Uh, if you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and call us, 208 991 Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for all your support. Now it's time to get into today's episode... The Burmese Goddess. From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present that immortal character created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. This week's story, The Case of the Burmese Goddess. Miss Watson, this little jade goddess is an ancient relic of Burma, and its legend is as evil as its appearance. Indeed? What is its legend, Holt? It's said that he who possesses this tiny goddess dies. But first he's forewarned by a strange death song, somewhat like the reedy melody used by snake charmers. Good Lord, Holt, listen... the door of Dr. John Watson's study, and we're about to hear another of his adventures with the fabulous Sherlock Holmes. Oh, good evening, Mr. Harris. Good evening, Dr. Watson. I presume you have one of your memoirs ready for us tonight? Indeed I have. And this one, Mr. Harris, although taking place in our familiar haunts of London, had sinister and mysterious overtones from the Far East, which to a lesser man than Holmes might have defied analysis. Well, what do you call this memoir, Dr. Watson? Holmes and I always refer to it as the case of the Burmese goddess. And Mr. Harris, after our audience is properly informed about the merits of Clippercroft clothes, I shall proceed with the facts of this very unusual story. One of the best investments you can make is a really fine suit of clothes. That's an investment that will help you socially, in business, and give you all-around lift. And you don't have to spend a fortune... Because a clipper craft suit of finest material, designed and beautifully finished by master tailors, now costs you only $45. That's right, only $45. But don't let that moderate price fool you. Every clipper craft suit looks like it costs many, many dollars more. Here's the reason you get so much more in style, workmanship, and value in clipper craft clothes. More than 1,200 independent local merchants have pooled their tremendous buying power to give you the amazing Clippercraft values. But remember this. Aside from the money you save, a new Clippercraft suit will really do things for you. Put one on and see how it really hugs your neck, how it broadens your shoulders, slims your hips, gives you that keen, well-built look. So buy a nationally famous Clippercraft suit. See what really fine tailoring can do for you. 
And now, Dr. Watson, what about the case of the Burmese goddess? If my memory does not fail me, Mr. Harris, it took place in the summer of 1911. This was a time when England had consolidated her empire, and many of Britain roamed the far eastern domains in search of its ancient treasure. Among these was Sir John Brandywine, recently returned from Burma with a collection of priceless relics. He hadn't been in London an hour, however, when he received a strange visitor. Sir John, my name is R. Daku. I have come a long way, indeed from my native land of Burma, for this interview. Yes, and what is it you want, sir? Some months ago, a sacred Burmese temple near Sitang was desecrated by vandals, robbed of its sacred relics. Among these was the jade goddess of Emma, the serpent goddess. Originally, there were two goddesses, the sisters of Emma, but one of them vanished centuries ago. <laughs> Quite. And I have the only remaining goddess in my collection now. Yes, Sir John. And I have come to purchase it from you and restore it to the temple. I'm sorry, Adaku, but the goddess of Amar is not for sale. I am prepared to offer you a handsome sum, enough to keep you in luxury for the rest of your life. <laughs> I have no need of money, sir. And I repeat, the goddess of Amar is not for sale at any price. I see. Sir John, no doubt you are aware of the old Burmese legend that he who possesses the goddess dies, that he is first warned by the song of the serpent, and yes, then... Yes, yes, I know the story. Pure nonsense and poppycock, of course, doesn't frighten me. In that case, there is nothing more I can say or do at the moment. Good night, Sir John. Sir John Brandywine. Yes? My name is Bailey, Reginald Bailey. I am an art collector specializing in oriental objects of art. Well, Mr. Bailey? A client of mine saw the goddess of Amar when you exhibited it briefly in Paris on your way to England here. He has commissioned me to purchase it for him. My dear sir, you're the second prospective purchaser I've seen this evening. And I'll repeat to you what I said to the first. The goddess is not for sale. My client is willing to pay £10,000, a generous offer. I'm sorry, Mr. Bailey. Sir John, I'm afraid you're being stubborn. I've been a collector long enough to know that there is no such thing as a priceless item. Everything has its price, and if it is a question of money... For the last time, sir, I shall try to make myself clear. I will not sell the idol at any price. And now, Mr. Bailey, good night. noise outside my window. No. No, it can't be. That confounded Burmese legend. It's absurd. Find out what this is all about. Who's down there in my garden? 
Good for you, speak up, Ralph. No, no. So you think Sir John Brandywine was murdered? Because he possessed the serpent goddess of Amarhold. Obviously, Watson, his demise followed the legend to the letter. After he was lured to the window, he was struck by a blowgun missile, soaked in deadly reptile venom, and he died almost instantly. Oh, Joe, now all this makes it hard for a chap to believe he's living in the 20th century. Yes, true, Watson, but Sir John's room was rifled in highly modern fashion. Fortunately, however, he had the foresight to lock the goddess and the remainder of his collection in a vault immediately after he arrived in London. I wonder what became of the other goddess Holmes, the one that vanished centuries ago. I believe I can give you the answer to that, Watson. Eh, you can? Who has it, Holmes? I have. What? Well... Yes, Watson. Oh, forgive me if it's one of the very few secrets I've kept from you these many years. Up to now, I saw no reason to mention it to anyone. You remember the, the adventure of the Rangoon Ruby? Yes, indeed I do. That was some ten years ago. Yes. At the culmination of that affair... The Burmese potentate involved was very grateful for some slight service I'd rendered him, and he gave me the goddess. It seems that it had secretly been kept by his family for many generations. But, Holmes, where is the goddess now? Safely under lock and key in my tin box at Barclay's back. But the only other goddess of Amar in existence, that possessed by Sir John Brandywine, will soon see the light of day. Eh? What do you mean? Oh, I take it you haven't read the morning telegraph, Watson. It seems that Sir John's widow is auctioning off her deceased husband's entire Burmese collection tomorrow morning at Brandywine House on Barclay Square. Jove! Then in view of Sir John's strange death, it might be interesting to see who bids for the goddess of Amar. Quite, Watson. And that is precisely why we shall attend the auction tomorrow morning. <laughs> Gentlemen, your attention, please. The next relic from the late Sir John Brandywine's famous Burmese collection is this tiny jade goddess, the famous serpent goddess of Amar, a rare collector's item indeed. I see a hand raised. Your name, sir? Monsieur Pierre Laville. And your bid, sir? Uh, Fifty pounds. Holmes, that thin-faced Frenchman is doing the bidding. Quite. He's the only one. The others are obviously afraid of the legend. Watson, note the condition of the fellow's hair and hands. What about them? Interesting. Very. Very well, I have fifty pounds. Fifty pounds once. One hundred pounds. One hundred pounds. I am bid one hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds. Three hundred. Four. Five. Holmes, what are you trying to do? By the goddess Watson, outbid this fellow Laville for reasons of my own. Five hundred pounds. Will someone offer six? Six. Seven. Seven hundred pounds. Will the gentleman in the rear row give me eight? Eight hundred pounds. One thousand pounds. One thousand pounds. One thousand, I have bid. Holmes, the other chap stopped bidding. He's leaving the auction. Yes, he is indeed, Watson. But we have a new and late arrival. Note the high-born Burmese gentleman hurrying through the door. I have a thousand once, a thousand twice, sold for one thousand pounds. Mr. Auctioneer, wait. My name is Ardaku, and I wish to bid. I'm sorry, sir, but the goddess of Amar has already been sold to the tall gentleman in the front row. someone's at the door, Watson. Oh, 
Yes, Holmes. Mr. Holmes? I am Sherlock Holmes. This is my colleague, Dr. Watson. Uh, my name is Reginald Bailey. I'm an art collector, Mr. Holmes, and a client of mine is interested in the goddess of Amar you purchased at the auction this morning. Well? Uh, my representative, Monsieur Laville, foolishly allowed you to outbid him, thinking the price was too high. Well, I am interested in buying it now and am prepared to offer you a generous price. How generous? Ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand? Holmes, that's ten times what you paid for. Yes, quite, Watson. But the goddess of Amar is not for sale. Mr. Holmes, you don't realize what you're saying. On the contrary, I know perfectly well what I'm saying. I repeat, the goddess is not for sale at any price. Now, Mr. Bailey, I bid you good night. Very well, Mr. Holmes. I can only say you'll regret your action. Good night. Well, dash it, Holmes, you must be mad turning down an offer like that. Not at all, Watson. You recall the French gentleman who bid against me at the auction? You remember I referred to the condition of his hair and hands? Yes. The skin on the fellow's hands was desiccated and he'd lost his fingernails. Moreover, on certain areas of his head, he'd suffered a complete loss of hair. Dash it, Holmes, what's all this got to do with the, with the Burmese goddess? It means, my dear fellow, that the jade figure I purchased is worth a fortune. It means that not one, but two mysterious parties want the goddess and will stop at nothing to get it. If I'm not mistaken, there may be a desperate attempt to kidnap the goddess tonight. <laughs> You choose your family doctor, lawyer, and banker because you have confidence in them. It's just as smart to choose the place where you buy your clothes for the same reason. Right now in your own city, a friendly, respected, independent merchant sells Clippercraft clothes. He believes and acts on the belief that you will appreciate the genuine savings he passes on to you. He doesn't sell dubious merchandise. His business is built four square on a firm foundation. Fine tailoring, outstanding style, value, and quality. Exceptional quality is guaranteed by the Clippercraft label in every suit and topcoat. That respected trademark derived from the staunch Clipper ships that established honest New England quality everywhere in the world. Yes, you can trust Clippercraft clothes and the men who sell them. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes bearing the Clippercraft label. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits and topcoats. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street, Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abram and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. Now, Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, you were relating to us the case of the Burmese goddess. So I was, Mr. Harris. Holmes did not explain his observations any further, and I did not press him. That night at Baker Street, I fell into a troubled and uneasy slumber, and my last recollection was of Holmes sitting in his easy chair, smoking his pipe, and facing the window. He seemed to be waiting for something, expecting something. And then... Watson... Watson, wake up. Holmes, what the juice is the... Listen. Good Lord, Holmes, the warning song. The warning of death. That, that infernal legend, Holmes. Right. We have a visitor in the yard. Well, confound it, let's go to the window. No, stay away from the window, Watson. Eh? To approach and open it means certain death. We shall wait here in the dark and elude the trap they've set. Who are they? Obvious, Watson. They... 
two shots from outside our windows. Yes, something's happened which I did not foresee. Watson, take your revolver and follow me down to the yard quickly. Holmes, there's a body of a man here in the yard. He's been shot. Yes, and look, there's a man. He just ran out of the shrubbery. Hello there, stop! Stop or I'll shoot! Confounded, I missed him. He's heard on the fence, Holmes. He's running down Baker Street. Quick, there. after him. The, the beggar was too fast, was Holmes. He got away. Yes, quite. But he's left us a souvenir in this corpse here. Right, let us examine the body. Aha. What is it? Identification papers, Watson. And note, they prove that this dead man is Inspector Paul Dubois of the French Sûreté. Eh? What's a French police inspector got to do with a Burmese goddess? Everything, my dear fellow, everything. Remember, my competitive bidder at the auction was also French. Yes, the pieces of this remarkable puzzle are beginning to assemble themselves into a clear and precise pattern. And one moment, Watson. Yes? Observe this slip of paper on the dead man's body. It seems to be a torn piece of rather expensive stationery. What of it? On it are written the words Room 322 in red ink. Well, Holmes, what, what does it mean? It means that very soon, Watson, I shall have the answer to this whole riddle. Suppose you find the nearest constable and inform him this affair. For the moment, I shall return to our flat upstairs. Well, the police will be here presently. Good Lord, the place is a shambles. Yes, Watson, our flat was quickly rifled by someone lurking on the premises. And the idol, it's gone, it's stolen. Quite, from now on, we must move with all possible speed. What do we do first, Holmes? First, we must make a telephone call to the prefect of police in Paris. And after that? Find room 322. And there we may discover the goddess. Yes, but how are we going to do that, Holmes? Obvious. The room number Inspector Dubois wrote down means that this is a hotel rendezvous. And from the expensive quality of the stationery, we may deduce that Dubois wrote down this number in some first-class hotel. But, Holmes, London is full of first-class hotels. Yes, true, Watson, true. But here is the salient fact. The room number was scrawled in red ink, a highly unusual procedure. It can only mean that this particular hotel ran out of blue ink. In other words, if we... If we can find a first-class hotel using red ink... Yes, quite, Watson, quite. But come, we are wasting too much time in talk. We must resolve this affair quickly before the night's over, or it'll be too late. Hello? La Ville. This is Bailey. I'm down in the hotel lobby. Ah, we. Oui. Did you get that goddess out of the home flat? We, oui, well, we, he ran after you, Monsieur Bailey. I took it from his apartment. It is here on the table now. I have already broken the goddess from the lead base. Be careful what you do, Laville. Have no fear in these matters, Monsieur. Am I not an expert? Yes, but these Burmese devils are after that goddess too, Laville. They were outside Holmes' flat when I got rid of Inspector Dubois. I'll be right up and then we'll get out. We, oui, Monsieur Bailey. As for these Burmese natives, they do not know where we are. I, I, Monsieur, Monsieur Bailey. What is it? What's the matter? They are here. They've come for the goddess. What? The song, the death song. It is outside my window. Laville, hide the lead base, do you hear? Let them have the goddess. That's all they want. Monsieur Bailey, there's someone at the window. On the fire escape. He... No, no. Laville. Laville, Laville. I 
they got him. They took the goddess, but the base, yes, is still here on the table. Oh, the Oriental fools didn't know. They left me a fortune. Now to get out. Canada, perhaps, Australia. Or you get prison, Mr. Bailey. Holmes! Doctor Watson! No, Bailey. Don't reach for that gun. As you see, I have my service revolver aimed straight at your head. I should not hesitate to use it at the slightest provocation. Note, Watson, the dead man on the floor is Monsieur Laville, my competitor at the auction. And he's suffered the same fate as Sir John Brandywine, the Burmese Revenge. Oh, yes. They've taken the goddess of There's some good riddance. Let them take it back to the sacred temple whence it was stolen. Our concern is with Mr. Bailey here. How did you find me here? A matter of routine investigation, my dear fellow. I shan't bore you with the details. And I wouldn't touch that lead base so tightly if I were you. I, I believe you'll find it worthless. What do you mean? I mean that it's merely a solid block of lead. You, you see, my dear fellow, you purloined the wrong goddess. What? Holmes, you mean you switched the figures? You took the goddess that you owned from the tin box at Barclays Bank and placed it in our flat? Precisely, Watson. And the goddess I purchased at the auction now rests quite safely in the custody of Inspector Lestrade at Scotland Yard. You cheated me. You cheated me out of a fortune. Quite. What's all this about? What fort? Fortune in radium, Watson. Radium? Exactly. A grain of radium stolen from the Curie Laboratories in Paris, hidden in the base of the goddess of Amar, and thus smuggled into England. <laughs> Now that we've delivered the smuggler Bailey to the authorities, would you mind telling me the course of your deduction? I must confess I'm confused. Are you, Watson? Well, the whole, whole affair is really quite obvious. The Burmese motive to recover the goddess was simple enough, a sacred and religious quest. But it was at the auction, after observing La Ville, that a new element entered. But how? How, how did you know? The condition of the man's hands and hair... Loss of fingernails, desiccated appearance of skin, loss of patches of hair, symptomatic of work with radium. The fact that he was a Frenchman further heightened my suspicions. Yes, but Holmes, I, I still don't see how... La Ville, as I learned from the Paris Prefect of Police, was a worker in the Curie Laboratory. He entered a conspiracy with this international thief, Bailey, to steal a grain of radium. The next problem was to smuggle it out of the country. And so they concealed it in the goddess of Amar, while Sir John Brandywine... Displayed his collection in Paris, eh? Exactly. The lead base, of course, was a perfect carrier in which to hide the loot and get it past the customs and out of the country. They had planned to purchase the goddess from Sir John and then recover the radium. Their plans, however, went awry. Meanwhile, Inspector Dubois was hot on their trail and they got rid of him. And that Holmes closes this adventure? Not quite, Watson. We are living in a new and dynamic age. I am a criminologist, not a seer, and yet I know that these radioactive substances hold the key to the future. And I cannot help but wonder if men will use them for good or evil. Watson, that was quite an adventure, sir. Yes, indeed it was, Mr. Harrison. It is, in fact, one of my favorite memoirs, and significant in the light of what is being done with radioactive substances today. And now, Dr. Watson, what adventure will you have for us next week? Next week, Mr. Harris, I shall relate to you the adventure of the Golden Pince-Nay. 
It concerns an untidy rug, a box of Egyptian cigarettes, and a stab in the dark. The makers of Clipper Craft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lockridge. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Spelman. This week's story was written by Max Ehrlich with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in The Adventure of the Golden Pass Nay. This is Cy Harris speaking for Clippercraft Clothes, the broadcasting system. The most comfortable shoe sole in the world. The Neolite sole. Light? It's light as leather. Smart? It's smart as leather. And wear? It outwears leather two to one. For men, women, children. Get the Neolite sole. Step on it. This is WOR, New York, serving the largest single station audience in America. Welcome back. Well, one of the better uh, recent episodes, particularly in regards to having an actual uh, mystery at the core of the plot, also uh, was definitely something that uh, would strike a chord uh, in uh, 1949 as we're dealing with the dawn of the atomic age. I do have to offer a programming note. Uh, contrary to the... Um, Commercial, you're going to hear a different show than the one that was advertised. Uh, because we've, uh, I've kind of moved things around a little bit to make sure that we can play the Blue Carbuncle on the Thursday before uh, Christmas. So next Thursday, you'll be hearing the Blue Carbuncle. And then there was a three-part series uh, that we skipped over that we will play, and then we'll get to the the episode that would come next week. So, a lot to look forward, some pretty fun episodes ahead. I uh, did receive a tweet, uh, David Gallagher shared on Twitter, listening to Sherlock Holmes' The Adventure of the East End Strangler. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate uh, folks uh, promoting the program, even in their Twitter statuses. Uh, well, that will actually do it for today. I will be back Tomorrow, with yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and join us back here on Thursday for Sherlock Holmes. And, of course, coming next Tuesday, it's a great show I'm sure you won't want to miss. Replacing Call the Police, we have a life in your hands. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Radio Detectives. If you've not already, I would encourage you to fill out our listener survey at survey.greatdetectives.net. Uh, but from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.